0: Hi, and welcome to the Unapologetically You podcast, your podcast for inspiration, inner peace, and allowing you to be you. I'm your host, Claire Cockle, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you join me here today. If you haven't done already, be sure to hit the subscribe button. This means that you'll be the first to know as soon as any new episode launches. And if you love the podcast or any episode, head over and leave a review on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. It'd be so appreciated. And it helps us to spread the word of the podcast and help others in their journey to becoming their unapologetic self. You're joining me today for episode 13, Post Burnout, Learning How to Thrive Again, with Helena Field of Action Wellbeing. Action Wellbeing is a business that helps people live their best work life and also helps to avoid and deal with burnout. I'm really excited to share this episode with you and it was a delight to speak to Helena who shares honestly her journey and experience and how she now supports others in such a way that allows you to thrive. So hi, Helena. It's great to have you here. Obviously, we've known each other for a few years now, dear friends of mine. And it's been amazing to see your journey and see the work that you're doing now. I wanted to have you on the podcast and just share you with the audience because I think you have such a beautiful message for the world. And there's so many ways that you're helping people at the moment. Founder and Managing Director of Action Wellbeing. Did you just want to kind of introduce yourself first of all?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me today Claire. Um it's honestly a pleasure to join you on on your podcast. It, we have been friends for a few years and um, I remember when we met very well because we sort of knew straight away that we would be friends for life and mm-hmm. were sort of soul sisters and our friendship has bloomed over the years and you have watched my journey so you know what I've been through so just to kind of give you an outline I've worked in the well-being industry for just over 21 years um, wow. so that was starting out as a personal trainer and massage therapist and then I ended up working in management, ran a gym, and then I went on to run spas. So I ran various prestigious spas, including Pennyhill Park, Champneys. And the last one I ran was the Mandarin Oriental in London. So I've had some incredible experiences working within the spa and wellbeing industry. And then I ran the UK Spa Association for two years. But I've set up my own business now called Action Wellbeing. And I help other people now with managing their well-being mm-hmm. to live their best work life. And the reason I do that is because I've been through burnout myself. And despite working in an industry that helps people with their health and well-being, I ended up getting chronic stress and 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 physically burning out and mentally burning out. So thus um, on the other side now and helping others to kind of not get to that point.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And what a journey as well. Thank you for sharing that. Did you want to just share your experience of burnout, how that happened, what that looked like for you and what therefore led you to the work that you're doing?
1: Oh yeah. So it's been a bit of a journey. Um, <laughs> I have always been someone to throw myself into my work and I'm a very conscientious person. Um, so so work for me has always been something that I've given my all to. i am also wor- worked in an industry that I've loved. So uh, I've enjoyed going into work and when I'm in work and I'm helping other people with their health and well-being, you know, it, I'm incredibly passionate about that. So that always meant that I gave my all to the role. But as the years went on, throughout my career I was also going through personal struggles so I've had issues such as being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease at the age of 19 and had mm-hmm. health issues throughout most of my early career and surgery several times. I also had some good and bad relationships and one of the relationships was particularly unpleasant and, and I went through the stress of that whilst working and I've been through bereavement as well, lost um, somebody very close to me in the past few years so and whenever I was going through my personal struggles, I would give even more to my work because it was my way of distracting myself from, from what was going on in my personal life. So I would throw myself into work to the extent where I would actually joke that, oh, yeah, I'm enjoying work today. Oh, yeah, no, it's a great distraction from from, from what's going on at home. I would literally say it out loud and I would um, use it as, as a sort of tool to avoid dealing with what was actually happening in my personal life so but that meant I was doing silly hours Um, I mean I would start work at eight and and do a sort of 10 to 12 hour day I was doing shift work throwing myself into working weekends um, and only getting a day off in the week rather than a you know two days off so I was not getting proper rest in between. And my mother would say I was burning the candle at both ends because I was also then finishing work and I'd go for a drink with friends in the evening or dinner in London um, because and again, it was a distraction method, but also partly because at that point, you know, rather than go home and be alone, I'd rather be with friends and having a drink in a pub. So you know, I got into this vicious cycle where I was just doing really long hours, not eating well, not sleeping well. I had very unhealthy habits and eventually I started to feel it physically and those physical issues uh, sort of came out as far as sore throats. This is to start with. And um, I would get headaches, fatigue. And then I was then started to notice my, my mental health deteriorate. So that was a case of getting anxious. Um, I started to get anxious. I'd never really suffered from anxiety. And there I was getting anxious about everything. I was low. I was irritable. And eventually, and I remember the, one of the moments that was quite key to me, knowing I had to do something, I was on the bus on the way home and I only had a sort of two or three mile bus journey. And I was sitting on that bus, absolutely shattered after a day's work. And I got to the bus stop and I just felt totally overwhelmed with exhaustion. And I just wanted to cry because mm. I couldn't see how I was going to walk half a mile back to my house yeah um and that was a really oh one of those moments in life really poignant moment in life where I thought I've got to do something Mm. but I didn't do anything about it immediately I went home that day I did get home I probably if I remember rightly went straight to bed nights were getting earlier for me I was starting to go to bed um sort of at 9 because my body was just telling me so I wasn't even having a proper dinner most evenings I was just getting home and sleeping and things were just getting worse to the point where I knew I had to leave and something had to change mm. so reluctantly because I loved my career I was running this prestigious spa in London but reluctantly I knew that if I carried on the way I was going I was going to be in serious trouble so I I did um, make the decision to leave London and I took the role running the UK Spar Association so I got an opportunity a wonderful opportunity to run that which was actually a home working role so it meant I could switch up things and actually by by leaving London and suddenly working from home I could try to to get myself into a better routine and, and overcome what I was was starting to feel and and recognise that I really was facing burnout. And yet I didn't. Um, (laughs) I kept working. (laughs) Um, I actually took on more consultancy work as well. And I kept burning that candle. So I was at this point... you know, really physically and mentally struggling, but I was still pushing on because I felt conscientious. It was this, I've got to keep going. I've got to make some money for myself. I've got to make a life for myself. I've got to have purpose. And I was sort of, you know, those, that that lovely, wonderful inner critic of ours was saying to me, come on, Helen, you can't just give into this and rest and do the things that you should be doing. My head was saying, no, no, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep working. And yeah, and eventually, Claire, I did hit that point um, where, the struggle was was too much. And by then, I was experiencing panic attacks as well. I was not sleeping. I was having terrible terrible nights waking up with sort of even night terror stuff. I mean, it was awful. I was getting palpitations. I'd piled weight on because I was eating to feel better. Um, and, and also drinking wine to feel better to, to numb how I was feeling. So I was piling weight on. I stopped wanting to look in the mirror and look at myself. It, it, it got to the point where I was I was pretty pretty low and I couldn't at that point see the wood through the trees so things had to change and I started to recognize that I was going to have to do things to, to sort this out and I suppose that's where my journey began um, a wonderful journey in a way I look back now with hindsight wonderful journey to recovery uh, a journey of healing really mm. and I've done all sorts of things to get there and I can say now which is you know wonderfully that I'm back to to me but it has taken taken time. Mm, Yeah well I think um, it's
0: so easy for us to do isn't it is to just try to avoid things and throw ourselves into work and just carry on and carry on and we almost don't realise that it's almost too late when we start to realise the impact and the the effect it's had but I think it's absolutely beautiful how you so openly share your journey and your experience now to help other people and to almost help other people realize that and realize what's happening before they get to the point where where you got to where you found it was too late and then you know you had this big journey ahead of you. You describe it so beautiful, saying a a healing journey. So yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. It's, I think so many people listening to the podcast will really be able to relate. And it's it can be really reassuring to hear that actually there is there is a way out of it. There is a way kind of back to finding yourself again and feeling back to yourself. I know there are many tips that you now kind of recommend and share, tips that have helped you get back to yourself as you described, and tips that help you continue in your day-to-day, staying balanced and help you in your day-to-day to stay on this this journey of yourself. One of those you mentioned is having a good morning routine. And I love that. So yeah, could you share your morning routine and how that's helped to to change things for you? Oh,
1: happy to. Um, the, the morning routine for me has become quite a key part of my recovery. And it all started when, well, when I was working in London, I was literally setting my alarm for, I think it was 7.20. And when that alarm went off, I would press this snooze again and again and again, and then give myself the shortest window once I jumped out of bed to shower, shove some clothes and makeup on, get to the bus stop, maybe have time to grab a coffee, if not grab a coffee as soon as I got to work. Mm-hmm. And I was in work, you know, within sort of 45 minutes of that and straight on to my to my work you know even if it was sort of just after 8 that i'd got there i was on it i was on the minute you walked in the office there wasn't any escaping the job began so um i wasn't giving myself any time to to come round any time to myself any time to set the tone for my day so one of the things that i gradually started to do was introduce an actual morning routine and it really started when i got my dog so one of the things that um I've got a cocker spaniel called Gilbert and when, yeah, (laughs) you know him well, Claire. Um, And he was certainly one of the key, key things that's helped my recovery because Mm. by having, by getting a pet, bear in mind, I live on my own. I suddenly had to be responsible for something else that was breathing. And he doesn't give you a choice in the morning, but to get up So that was how it started. So he would wake me up in the morning by literally nudging me. And that was my alarm, my new alarm. So when Gilbert nudges me and says, get up, we get up and I let him out. And then I go and make myself a cup of tea. So I get myself a cup of tea and then I get back into bed. And I spend at least 20 minutes, even 30 minutes just having that cup of tea. And setting my intentions for the day. So that would be sitting there thinking, right, what's on today? Okay, reminding myself what I've got on for that day. Or if I haven't got any plans, deciding what those plans will be. So if it's a weekend, I might not have had plans and think, well, certainly this year, you don't necessarily have plans every time you have a day off. But, you know, what am I going to do today? Because I want to do something because I want to get up and I want to have some reason to get up. So it's kind of an intention setting time for me. It's also a time where I'm just quiet. It's probably the only time in the day that's quiet for me, fully quiet. And so I take that that moment just to be on my own and and have that peace. And that has just been the most incredible, simple change, but Mm -hmm. really powerful. And then for me, it's then getting up and I might take him for a walk or I might have started running. So I might go for a run. But one of the things I always make sure is that I've had something to eat and something to drink. And then I'm dressed by nine o'clock. So nine o'clock is my kind of right start work at nine. And even throughout the pandemic, when I had uh, had lost some work and things were certainly quieter. And of course, there was a period when we we didn't have much going on. I still made sure I was up and dressed by nine Mm o'clock and then start my day off from that moment. Because if I'd stayed in bed and certainly when I was going through some of my, my really low points, I didn't want to get out of bed, Claire. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know what, I realised that by getting out of bed and by intentionally getting dressed and intentionally starting your day off with, with that tone, you, without question, have a better day. So that's how that's all um, come together. And and I often when I'm talking to people now and they say that they're feeling this overwhelm with their work life and they want to get their well-being back for their work life. And I ask them about their morning routine, so often that morning routine is is rushed and stressful and hurried and before you even started your day you're you, you you're anxious you've got you know you're feeling overwhelmed so it's it's definitely key to I think for anyone to have a really good start to the morning mm. yeah
0: definitely and I yeah couldn't couldn't agree more definitely so it's amazing to hear you you share that it reminds me of this quote which I always love is how you start your day is how you live your day and it's so true isn't it and just oh, a great I love that. example that you shared Yeah. Mm. Um, And amazing that, you know, Gilbert's kind of been a part of that because, (laughs) I mean, just pets are just so amazing, aren't they? They, you know, they wake up ready for life and excited about life and are, you know, always living in the present moment. So I think that's amazing that he's been a part of your journey as well in that way
1: you can you can you can take such a lesson from animals in that sense they they, you know they they do have this wonderful ability to demonstrate what life should be like um and I shared something on social media last week of Gilbert meditating in the garden Uh Um, and he goes and sits at the end of the garden and just watches the field in front of him and I'm sure there's something he's watching there's probably deer in there and, and other animals but when you see him sat there just taking that time to look and look at just to be, and you think, yeah, that's a reminder. We should all be like that. So yeah, they're they're magical. (laughs) Plus the fact they give you this unconditional love. And I think, you know, that has been hugely helpful to me. Um, It's not for everybody to have an animal, to have a pet. It's a big responsibility as well. But for me, it's been, um yeah, been really powerful to have have his little companionship um throughout the past, Amazing. he's four now, four years, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. And that's it, isn't it? For me, whilst I don't have a pet, I completely agree. You see so many lessons in, you know, just last week I popped down to the beach and I could just see these two dogs playing with their owner Mm. and just the lessons in in what was happening is just it's just amazing isn't it really so amazing to hear about your morning routine I know there are many other things that you share which help you and have helped you in your journey but also that you recommend to your clients and those that work with you as well could you share some more of those
1: Yeah. um, So the things that, that, I mean, these are things that work for me. They don't necessarily work for everyone, but I think there's some themes across what I do that you can take what you need from. So if, so explain that to you. So just listening to my body and my mind. So when my body's tired, I, you know, I listen to it. I go to bed earlier if I need to, or I go and have a nap. If my body um, hasn't moved for a while, I move, you know, I go for a walk or I go for a run, which is my latest fad (laughs) that I've got obsessed (laughs) with running. And if my mind's stressed, if I'm feeling anxious, which actually is rare these days, thankfully, but when it does happen, I now know that I need to go and quieten my mind. So for me, that might be, again, it might be a lie down. It might be curl up under a blanket. And just take some time out. It might be go and sit in nature. I find it really calming just to go and sit and ground myself. So one thing, you know, is just to go and sit somewhere um, and just look at the world, a bit like Gilbert does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So listening to my body and mind, definitely. I I didn't listen to myself before. So that's one of the things is listening. And then, yeah, doing good things. So running, walking, um, I cook a lot. That's uh, one of my hobbies, making sure I'm looking after my sleep. I'm taking breaks from digital devices and all this I'd put down to self-care and self-care is sort of doing anything that's good for you. So anything you can do to be good to yourself and self-care gets bounced around far too easily, but it's actually giving yourself self-compassion and it's actually saying to yourself, I'm going to do something for me and that might mean to to me it means say i love my cooking like i mentioned but to somebody else it might be that they've got a hobby that they love and when they're doing that hobby and you're absorbed in something that you love your mind is switching off from all those sort of negative thoughts that throw themselves So it gives you an opportunity to switch off from anything that's bothering you or worrying you or troubling you, because you're focused in something that you love. So, you know, hopefully, and I think anyone would agree, when you are focused on something you love, you're not thinking about things that may be going wrong in your life, etc. Yes, it's a distraction. And yes, it shouldn't be used to distract yourself from things you need to face. But it's also important just to have that time where you can just have this joy and calm because you're doing something you enjoy and that you love and that's good for you. So um, that's really helped. So I I do... Know the things that work for me. I think it's really important to take a break from from all the the noise and social media, the news 24/7. Now, isn't it? Um, my phone pinging constantly can be overwhelming at times. So, just having a break from digital devices is really really important. So, on on a Sunday, I try and have a break. um And my friends know that if I haven't arranged to speak to them and I haven't answered my phone, I'm probably off doing something for me. And and so they know that. So there's no worry. If I've gone off radar, and then in the evenings, in the mornings, I don't take my phone to bed with me. I put it in another room, and in the morning, I don't pick it up until, as I said, after I'm ready to get on with my day. So those are the kind of things I do to keep keep myself calm. And one of the big things has been finding community and connections throughout this period. And I, um, I've moved to an area that has got this wonderful community. And I realised how much that's important to me and has helped my healing. Just having people in in this village that care for one another and kind to one another has has renewed my faith in society as much as I've lived in places previously where everyone's quite transient and I realized that I was one of those people and I wasn't trying to go and make friends in my community so that's been really important to me Um, and on the same note the connection side having connections with friends and family and speaking and um, you know this Claire but I have found my voice again by doing that Mm. I for a long time didn't talk about what I'd gone through and now I can talk about it and I think one of the big things that has helped me has been being being, a, being able to talk about it um, without doubt and obviously realizing you're not alone and when I share my story so often people say oh yeah no I felt the same thing I've been through the same thing or or I feel like I'm going down that route so you know it's this is where it triggers people and I didn't do that I didn't talk to people and maybe had I talked to people sooner I would have realized where I was headed. Mm. so that's been really powerful as well and the other thing is just not comparing myself anymore to people's to other people's journeys and not comparing my appearance to what society expects of my appearance or what I thought society expected of my appearance and of my personality and I think for so long I was sort of trying to fit in all the time and be what I thought I had to be for others or what I thought Mm. I had to be for society and now it's like no I just want to be me and and that's been a big thing that's that's changed my yeah uh, in my head so there i hope i hope some of those things help others but um you find the things that work for you mm. there's so much power
0: in what you've just shared there and the first that you shared I think is amazing it's that power in listening to ourselves so we can have these tips but it's okay listen to yourself what what do you need as well so I think that's amazing that you you shared that because so I guess with your journey and experience or sometimes we get too busy and we can't even hear what we individually need can we really so mm. I think that's an amazing share and I love that as well about You've clearly taken the time to set boundaries for yourself that kind of nourish and nurture you, things that keep that compassion and care for everyone else, but set boundaries for you, like the digital detox, the time for yourself. And I guess knowing in that way that by looking after ourselves, we're going to show up so much more for other people as well. Yeah, really love that. And another point that you shared about your appearance of what society accepts, and you actually changed that then, slightly to of what I thought society expects mm. which is so interesting isn't it mm. sometimes it is checking in with our thoughts and okay what beliefs do we have around certain things what what are we thinking of how we should be or what we should expect sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves as well don't we really
1: I think you know one of the things that or the reasons that I say that is because I realized for so long I just wanted to fit in mm. because fitting in meant that uh, you know i didn't have to stand out and i wanted to be the person that just got on in life and didn't have i didn't want to stand out for the wrong reasons but i also didn't want to stand out and show myself because i suppose i didn't want to be judged i didn't want to be vulnerable and actually i now understand how powerful it is to be vulnerable and how actually you know it's very courageous to be vulnerable but for a long time yeah i i wanted to conform mm. um and yeah, we all want to conform in some ways, but not if it suppresses your personality and suppresses who you really are. Mm. And I, as a child, I was such a carefree spirit. Honestly, loved life as a child, um, did what I wanted to do, had a great time, very supportive family. But when I got to school and you started to wear a school uniform and you started to have to fit in with crowds and you didn't want to be bullied and you, it was very difficult. And I think that's when some of this mindset um, kicked in for me and unfortunately it went on for too long for me like that um and and one of the things in my healing journey has been to sort of get myself back to me as I said but I realized it was a lot more than just the burnout that caused this it was people's what they've said to me over the years I'd had some mm. negative relationships negative friendships as well I'm very much um an empath I recognize that in myself now and I think I was often sort of led down the wrong path by people but now I see that and I'm being me oh, it's so empowering and yeah uh, uh, you know I suppose it's like anything you wish you you knew, knew then what you know now but I do know it now and I'm really glad I can move forward in my life being me so it's
0: that's so inspiring it's so inspiring to to see and to hear I think that's the amazing thing sometimes we we wish we'd known it sooner but actually we learn so much through the process and the journey don't we so that's leads us beautifully on to the podcast being called unapologetically you and as you just shared just then so many of us do try and conform we do try to fit in we do try to be what we think we should be I'd love to hear for you going through this journey and getting to where you are now which is absolutely inspiring and incredible what does being unapologetically you mean to you to Helena
1: Yeah. It's, it's a really, you know, I love the name of your podcast, Claire, because I think it's so important that we are unapolo- unapologetically ourselves, mm. if I can say the word. <laughs> but I probably, when you first launched this podcast, you know, I probably couldn't have said then I was being that person. I think this has been a journey, and but I'm definitely feeling unapologetically me now. And that to me is the fact that when I was a kid, as I mentioned before, I was a free spirit and my mum used to call me a butterfly because I was such a free spirit. She used to always refer to me as the butterfly. And then life happened and, you know, I've explained where, where my journeys led me. And I sort of wonder if I wasn't the butterfly or as much as I was a version, but actually now I'm the butterfly and I've sort of been in a cocoon just as the caterpillar does over the past few years and and maybe you know I've had to suffer in silence to in my cocoon to become this butterfly and there's there's a lovely quote by um Maya Angelou which is we delight in the beauty of the butterfly but we rarely admit the changes it's gone through to achieve that beauty Mm. and honestly when I heard that it really resonated with me because I don't think you get Oh, I don't think I, I could have become this person that's unapologetically me without some of the suffering I've been through. Mm. And I'd like to think now that means that I am the butterfly my mum had, had, you know, yeah. labelled me when I was a child. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I feel is is it means to me.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: Amazing. That's beautiful. I love
0: that um that visualization and that metaphor. I think that's absolutely beautiful, and trusting in that. It's not always easy, that journey, but actually we can come to such a beautiful place in the end of it, can't we really? So it's trusting in that. And as Mm. you said earlier, listening to ourselves. So amazing. Thank you for sharing that. So lastly, as mentioned, I think it's incredible how you help other people. What is it that you love about the work you do now? And have there been moments where you've seen almost kind of aha moments and changing people through through the work you do I'd love to hear
1: yeah I mean it's, it's sort of fairly new work for me however as as people have pointed out I've been doing it for years yeah I just was just with- <laughs> about to say the same thing <laughs> I was like hold on <laughs> yeah um it's new under the under the title action Wellbeing, yeah. but I've been helping others for most of my life. I've naturally always been that person that's been the listener and the supporter and the, you know, I, I've sat with people who've gone through any number of things and helped people through all sorts. And you don't realize most of us are naturally coaches anyway. You just do it mm. as part of everyday life. But it's only sort of now that I'm really starting to recognise all the things I've done over the years that was leading to this point where (laughs) I'm now labelling what I was doing all these years. (laughs) (laughs) I've had lots of aha moments throughout my career where I have helped people. I've had um, some people sit down with me who've gone through bereavement or gone through um, relationship challenges or health issues. And a lot of what I do relates to how I've worked in the past, which is just being there to listen to somebody, maybe giving them some of my wisdom or just encouragement to to try and find a way forward. And often people get so overwhelmed by how they're feeling, they, they cannot see the wood through the trees. I've, I've been through that myself, as I've explained. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can, I've just spent t- spending time with somebody and just being able to see things that they can't and can can help. And now it's really very much geared up to, I want to help people live their best work life because you spend 90,000 hours at work in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, and I truly believe that I wouldn't have got to burn out if I had been doing good things to, to look after myself and live that best work life. So if I'd taken ownership myself of my health and well being mm. and done all the wonderful things I do now around my work and weaved into my work and weaved into my workplace, then I wouldn't have got to burn out. So mm. I help others see what's not, they're, they're not necessarily seeing themselves So it might be that, like I said, the morning routine. It might be that they have no boundaries at work. It might be that they're overscheduling themselves at work. It might be that they're not getting proper breaks. They're not eating well. Uh, They're not sleeping well. It's all these different themes that can impact your work. Um, And of course, there's also the theme of actually, are you in the right role? Are you even fulfilling your purpose? Is it is it fulfilling you to be in that job or should you be doing something else? And it's also about mindset. So it's about if you are in that job, you've chosen that job, then you know what do you need to do to make sure you love it? And what's going wrong in your head and your mindset that stopped you and preventing you from loving it? And you may be feeling, why are you feeling disillusioned or why are you feeling demotivated? So there's all these different themes. But what I do is try and help people live that best work life so that they actually get more out of their whole life Mm. and they actually feel a well-being in the workplace but actually this all filters into their home life because if you're bringing home chronic stress or getting into a state of chronic stress at work you're bringing that stress home to your family you're bringing Mm. that stress to your relationships you're bringing that stress into every other element of your life so it's trying to prevent that in the work environment so that you're not bringing it into your home life but equally again it works both ways if you've got themes going on in your home life that are causing impact on your work life we look at what we can do to help with that so yeah it's it's become the most fascinating subject to me that I am truly passionate about yeah um, and I hope that if you can help one person you feel like you're doing good don't you so mm. yeah
0: definitely amazing Absolutely incredible. So where do people find you? Where can people get in touch with you?
1: So I have got a website, um, actionwellbeing.com. I'm on Instagram. That's sort of my, I suppose, my main platform where I I share what comes from the heart. So that's at actionwellbeing. I'm also on Facebook and I'm also on LinkedIn. But um yeah, I'd love to hear from anybody who who maybe has resonated with what I've said today. I'm always happy to talk and and share experiences or listen. Mm. I think it's the most powerful thing. And I think we're always on a on a journey. All of us are on a journey. And somebody gave me this wonderful quote a few weeks ago that said, Wisdom begins with wonder, mm. um, which I love. And and I think the state i'm in now the sort of the the part of my life i mean now i turned 40 last year um i really want to to move forward with that intent that i just want to keep wondering about life and learning and more wisdom will come with that so any opportunity to talk to others and and hear how other people got through these sort of situations how how they get through life and how they embrace their work um and in in a positive way i'm always really keen to hear from people so yeah thank you Amazing.
0: Helen. it's been an absolute honor and pleasure to have you here today on the podcast. Obviously, as you know, I'm always thankful and blessed to have you as a friend. I think you're just such a beautiful soul and I love seeing the work that you're doing now. I think it's, yeah, it's just, it's so fitting and I know that people are getting so much from you, support, wisdom and changing, changing their lives, which is incredible. So thank you so much for being here today for being on the podcast it's been so lovely and I know the audience are going to get so much from the conversation as well so I truly appreciate it
1: oh thank you so much for having me and um yeah well Claire I am very blessed with the people I've got in my life you being one of them so and that all helps with with your well-being doesn't it so yeah very blessed thank you ever so much thank you yeah thank you